0: Hey, Soraya. Hey, Jeff. So we've done a little bit of traveling on past ep- episodes where we did some international traveling. We do a lot yes. of domestic traveling virtually through the show. Right. But if you recall, we went to Germany to talk to Chris Takavez We've been to the UK to talk to Clive Jones. And we've been down under yep. to Australia to talk to Dave Faulkner of Hoodoo Gurus. But uh, I think it's time we do another virtual international trip. What do you say?
1: I'm ready for it. Where do you think we should go next?
0: How about Amsterdam? Love it. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be talking to Emil Spolder, I think is how you pronounce his name, who's producing a Dream Syndicate documentary. There's a YouTube trailer that's pretty yeah. cool that came out last month. So we'll, well be talking to him, um, the title of the documentary is beyond the days of the dream syndicate so we've got emil emil on as a guest today and uh, we've got some questions for him about uh this documentary and what we can look forward to
1: beautiful let's hop into it hi this is Soraya,
0: and this is jeff
1: our podcast is called Paisley Stage, Raspberry, and Rhyme.
0: A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes.
1: We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agroviar.
0: Let's get groovy. Hey there. Hello. Hi. Welcome to America. Thank you.
2: Hi.
0: <laughs> How are you doing today? This, this evening? I'm all right. How are you? We're doing very well, and we're very excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're, we're already recording, so um, we got this going already. Can you help us by um, letting us know how you pronounce your name before we embarrass ourselves any further? <laughs> yes, it's Emil Spoulder. Okay. I think we were pretty close, Soraya.
1: We were very close. Good. <laughs>
0: Well, Emil, thank you for being on the show today, and um, we're excited to have you on because we know that you're producing a Dream Syndicate documentary. We saw a pretty awesome trailer on YouTube that was released last month, so could you tell our listeners a little bit about
2: yourself? Uh, Yes. Um, Well, I live uh, currently in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, uh, 37 years old, Uh, was uh, a music and movies fan, when I was younger, uh, grew up uh, listening to The Beatles, um, which are my dad's favorite. And very early started listening to, well, I'm a kid from the 80s, <laughs> at least I was very young in the 80s. but. Um, I, I grew up with uh, my nephew. He uh, gave me cassette tapes of Guns N' Roses, and Metallica, and Motley Crue, um, so a big jump in time. Um, uh, I lived in Los Angeles in
1: 2010,
2: which really felt like a homecoming for me, I was there. Um, This was also the time that uh, the idea for the documentary started. I was living in Los Angeles, going to the film academy. And I saw the baseball project show there at the Troubadour. Nice. Um, I already... uh, I go too far ahead in time. First time I saw... was when he was opening with the Miracle 3 for Ryan Adams at the parody. So, in you know, the um, uh, show I was pretty blown away seeing Steve for the first time. Um, and, well, yeah, I was in was the time when Static Transmission was just released. And, yeah, I listened to all the records afterwards and uh, slowly started to learn about the Dream Syndicate and everything he did in between. Um, I interviewed him a couple of times uh, for a local TV station, so by the time that I saw him at the Tubadour in 2010, uh, we already knew each other a little bit and talking to him and his friends and his family the the idea of this documentary slowly started uh, to take form Um, but it took a few years I always I I thought at a time that it would be good to find someone to collaborate with Um, but after a while talking to people I thought well let's just not wait for someone to (laughs) work with me, just go ahead and just do it. So the great thing was the first one who said yes, uh, working on this project was Ryan Adams, the one who made me, uh, uh, introduce me to Steve. Wow. Uh, This was 2012, so quite a while ago. Uh, After this, uh, well, really got me going. I got more enthusiastic uh, by the day. And I just started planning all the interviews with, well, everything, everyone you've seen in the trailer. Uh, yeah, I went to the States for three weeks uh, together with a cameraman and we shot all the interviews and it was just great talking to everyone and, meeting everyone who are basically just just as yours my musical heroes yeah did interviews afterwards in holland like chris Robinson of the black rose i met him when he was uh, in amsterdam oh. same as how Gelb also met him when he was in the netherlands and after this i got the the, the editing was going pretty well but I got stuck on some technical difficulties. And one thing that I should mention, the initial idea of the documentary was to make a documentary about Steve, Steve Wynn and his musical career, uh, his, very, uh, his very diverse musical career, Dream yes. Syndicate, Danny and Dusty, his solo stuff, uh, Miracle 3, Crossing Dragon Bridge. It was the first thing that, I, this was what I found very interesting that he is such a, uh, a broad musical palette. Absolutely, yeah. But this was also what made it very difficult for me in the end to make a movie about this because it's it was just too much.
1: <laughs>
2: I did about 20 interviews and while editing i suddenly realized oh my god i'm i'm only just halfway <laughs> <And> this is <laughs> going to be a 4 hour movie if i want to cover everything right this combined with some some technical difficulties i i got stuck for a few years until in the last well just reunited but of course they only did the old songs back then And then in 2017, 2019, when they released the new albums, suddenly I realized, hey, there's there's an interesting movie there, just the Dream Syndicate. There's the 80s Dream Syndicate, and there's the recent Dream Syndicate, which um, made some really interesting music in the past few years. Absolutely. We totally agree with that. So you mentioned the,
0: going to take film classes while you were in Los Angeles. So were you enrolled in school? You were enrolled in a film academy? Yes, I was. So did you make other films or is this your first
2: attempt at making a film? I made some short films, and I earn my living as a cameraman for mostly for Dutch television.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So that's that's just my day job. Oh. And
0: are, are the short films available for people to see? Or were they just school projects?
2: Most of them were school projects, yes. I'm thinking, are there any? I don't even know if there are any of them online. Okay. Back then at for uh, local television, I did a, a music show called Music in the Backyard those oh. are m- most of the episodes are online we had some great guests there m- mostly from the u uh, who are they we had carolyn wonderland uh rachel harrington uh boris mccutcheon you might know any of them none of the none from the paisley underground but that, that was when my I, I started combining music well yeah i've, I've made to maybe thousands of hours of television, but it's 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 all, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with music. And it's just uh, yeah. spread over a lot of TV shows.
1: Right. So I had a question. Yes. Um, and that was, first of all, the trailer really grabbed the attention. I mean, at Thanks. least within the forums that Jeff and I participate in, it, it started spreading like wildfire and people were really intrigued by this. And we're, Jeff and I are just curious, was there someone that you were surprised wanted to talk about the Dream Syndicate? Like, was there someone who was really interested in being interviewed and it wasn't some someone perhaps that you had thought of initially?
2: Um, well, initially I didn't think of uh, Chris Robinson being a thief himself, who told me uh, Chris was such a fan and uh, that, well, they they already met in the eighties there. They, of course, the these stories will be in the documentary, but right. um, uh, Chris and his brother, Rich, they were such big music fans and especially fans of the Dream Syndicate. They're just like, well, I think basically just like us, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. being there uh, very early at the shows, uh, talking to the band, looking at the gear, and yeah, I, I, I really loved talking to him because we could really r- relate. He's just he's just one of us. Only he became a really famous musician. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, um, and. Well, yeah, of course, I knew about Ryan, Ryan Adams, uh, but I never heard his story. Uh, well, we all probably knew he kind of is going through a rough, rough time. Um, uh, I'm hope he's getting through this. But it, it was it was really nice just uh, yeah talking to these really uh, these musicians who made who made it really big and mm-hmm. just them telling how big of an influence the Dream that were on their uh, musical taste and musical career.
0: Yeah, we loved seeing the the trailer and all the people that are involved that you talked to. How was the response when you first reached out to these people and requested these interviews? Did you get a good response? Um, Were were people interested in doing this right away?
2: Actually, yeah. I I think, yeah, everyone who's in the trailer... (laughs) They all said yes right away. Yes, definitely. I'm thinking, did I reach out to anyone? Didn't say yes.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if there's anybody that you did reach out to that m- maybe didn't respond. Maybe Kendra Smith. Of or course. Carl. <laughs> of
2: course, Carl. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh I reached out to Carl a few years ago. Didn't hear from him <laughs> from what I've in or read from you i think you also reached out to him and yes. didn't hear back yes correct um i hope he's listening if he's listening carl <laughs> please
0: yes we need you would to, love to hear your side of the story yeah please we want to see you on this documentary carl yes and kendra as well would be nice
2: of course yes well i talked to pat thomas about Kendra. Well, it's for Kendra, it's not that she doesn't want to, but that more that she's living off grid and it's kind of hard to reach her. So she's in there, but for now, only audio, no video. But the same thing is if I can make it work, yeah, definitely want to. Yeah, I would love to see her and talk to her because as, as you, yes. <laughs>
1: No, all I was going to say, and the day that that happens, please let us know. We'll be a boom man or yeah. you know, we'll hold the camera. <laughs> yeah. We'll do craft services. We'll yeah. do whatever you want.
2: The sandwiches are over here. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll
1: be PAs the PAs that day.
2: Sounds great. You're already in California, right? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> so I, I have another question. You know, I really... I really think it's intriguing how you narrowed the focus to looking at, you know, um, the origins of Dream Syndicate and then looking, you know, kind of bridging that time span between a late 2000s or later. What, what do they call this era? 20 teens or whatever, um, yes. <laughs> 2020s right. and looking at them now. And my question for you is, was it easy to get, Clips, video of early performances. Were those things kind of mm. easy to get, or not at all?
2: No, no, it wasn't that easy, and it's still not easy. <laughs> I think that's that's how it started. Uh, uh, why um, I was still talking with Steve about uh, how to introduce the project to the world didn't really come up with a plan yet, but I posted the trailer online because I was kind of stuck looking for more footage. I thought it was gonna be really easy because as you probably know, there's such a huge archive online with basically all the live shows that Steve and or the Dream Syndicate did over the past 40 years, but still finding good video footage that's pretty hard, especially of the uh, the early years from the, the, the Paul Cutler era, of course, we already have the Weathered and Thorn documentary, right. uh, which of the Peter Cooper, the, the, the director, he uh, uh, allowed me to use all the footage in my documentary, which is a great help. Wow. But for the, the early years, yeah, I'm still looking for if there's any more footage or if anyone has any more photographs or uh, tickets for shows um, or, well, any other uh, photographs or um, footage of all the places where they played, like Raji's or Club Lingerie. Yeah, and I, I need that footage. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the, makes the story so much greater too have it all visual instead of just everyone just talking about it, just having talking heads.
0: Right, right. So was that part of the motivation for releasing the trailer is to source more material? Okay. Okay.
2: Yes, for me it was. And the great side effect was that for me, except for a, a, a very close circle of friends and the people who participated, I didn't have any feedback up until that point so it was really really good to just uh, read all the comments and see that people are really looking forward to this because hey it's i love doing it but it's 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 a lot of work yeah. and yes the motivation same as talking to you now it's it that really helps yeah
0: absolutely yeah so we're very, of course, we're very excited about it. And as you know, we're coming up on the 40th anniversary for the band. So exactly. this is a great time to be doing this, Emil. So you're, I think your timing is probably right on. Assuming since you started in early 2010, mm-hmm. assuming it doesn't take another 10 years to release it. No. You should, you should be good to, to, for the timing to be perfect with this 40th anniversary. Are you looking at a release? next year is my understanding
2: yes and- summer next year so 2022 should have it finished yes um i still need to do another round of interviews with everyone steve will be coming over to amsterdam next month for uh, he does a stopover before the he does his italian tour so i hope that's gonna all gonna work out because of well still the covid situation of course right yeah stay safe yeah yes
1: yes
2: and i hope late this year early next year i didn't make any appointments yet so uh if, if any of you're listening dennis uh jason mark i hope to see you uh, all either late this year or early next year to talk about the last eight almost nine years since the reunion it really been- Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: feel it. I think because we've had some new releases, it just feels a lot closer and not as yeah yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, of course. It there was they were took five years for them until they released the first reunion album, but after this, it it all went pretty fast. We had a new release every two years. Yeah, and we've got one coming up.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So as far as distributing the film, what what are your thoughts with that? Are you looking to, to for film festivals, or are you looking on independently distributing it? What's the thought?
2: Um, well, both both are still options, um, especially after the trailer. Uh, um, I got a few emails from film festivals, but also an option to have it released through a record company. Oh. Uh, But it all depends on the final result. So (laughs) uh, well, yes, we talked about it's my first full length film just that I did by myself. So yeah, uh, everyone still first wants to see (laughs) the result. but yeah, all, all options are open for me. Excellent. Excellent. As, as long as everyone who's interested can see it.
1: You know, Emil, it's really palpable that this is really a passion project for you. That this is, yes, this it is, is. coming from, you know, and Jeff and I are fans and we talk as fans and we're seeing now a visual, you know, a, fa- a fan love letter, you know, in a way. Yeah. I, I, those are my words. Those are my words. But if you, had to think about people who maybe don't know the band come across your film what's one one message or one thing about the band that you'd like someone who's walking in fresh with new eyes what's one thing you'd like them to know about this band Hmm. that's
2: a great question well for me (laughs) the dream syndicate is about Steve's great songwriting uh, combined with all the great life energy that comes from this band. And often when I try to introduce someone to the music of the Dream Syndicate, first thing uh, I put on is the Life at Raji's album because uh, it's just the way the band is supposed to sound. <laughs> and the great thing is they they, uh, they think the same way themselves. All right, I, there, I have this quote from Paul Cutler who just says it after listening to this album, you just think why, why the hell should you ever go to a studio and go through all this hassle when you can just rehearse the songs and play them live, record them, and they have a great album. Wow, Which I love that, yeah, yeah. That's pretty accurate. So this, <laughs> I, I, I hope I can put this in the film, just have this feeling of how great their songs are and how, uh, yeah, how much energy they can put in it when they can perform live. And of course it's very interesting to see how much how, how big of a change it can make to have a different guitar player in the band. Of course, we see all we see and hear all the songs uh, from the 80s, first played by Carl, then by Paul, and now by Jason. And they all sound amazing in their own right, but all very different from each other, but there are similarities there. But yeah. Yeah, it's yeah they're all great
0: so soraya do you remember when we were talking to matt piucci from rain parade and he was talking about dream syndicate and he said who wouldn't want to play with dream syndicate live because they're such a an amazing live band right, right. so i mean that sums it up in uh, with what you're saying oh yeah yeah that i mean their live performances can't be beat um, no matter what Tom Graysick said last week where it's hit, hit or miss at least it was in the early days because they would just take some they're, they're, they would take so much risk risk so much chances that when they were fantastic they were amazing and there was a couple times they took such a big risk that according to Tom it's, it didn't actually pan out well but what an amazing live act they are so I'm glad to, to hear that that this is something that you're focusing on with this documentary because I personally think as a live act they're they're hard to beat.
2: Did ben. you manage
0: to see them in the, the early years with Kendra? I did not, Soraya.
2: No, no, no. No.
0: no. So I never what? even seen them with Paul Cutler. So the yeah the first, the first show that I saw was with Jason.
2: Right. Ah,
1: Jason okay. had already
0: been in the band. So
1: yeah. But I think I think it, it's something that we can do at least is let our listeners know if you have tickets, photos, footage uh, of the places the Dream Syndicate has played or of shows, definitely reach out to Emila. And Emily, if someone does have something that they think might be valuable to your documentary, where can they reach out to you? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter Instagram where can they find you
2: yes they can find me on Facebook definitely uh, well they'll probably see my name in the, in the title from the, the podcast so yes please please reach out to me <laughs> Every, everything is, is more than welcome
1: perfect yeah and especially the the earlier the better right because I think a lot of us have stuff from later but Yes, you know, helping fill out that photo from earlier. Yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, even even the the later stuff is is also very very welcome.
1: Okay.
2: But I'm I'm sure there there are pictures out there from the early years. There must be.
1: There's one thing, Emil, that Jeff and I have uh, discovered as we've been doing podcasts and talking with different people. Yes people are amazing at record keeping and the things they hold on to, especially from this era are really amazing. So I have no doubt in my mind that someone's got footage, early video, you know, early video uh, photos, and especially of the venues too. So, you know, if there's a particular venue that you'd like some footage of maybe the front or the inside, just let us know. And we'll share it with our listeners. I'm sure enough people have stuff in their photo albums. Remember those Yes, <laughs> like boxes and people. It's amazing the things that people have held on to and continue to hold on to. So you just never know.
2: Yeah. Well, one other thing uh, just to um, kind of paint a picture of the the era we're talking about if it's just uh, just footage from Los Angeles from the 80s even this would be a great help it's very easy to find a lot of footage from Los Angeles but it's a little bit harder to find it for specifically from this era if you have any so it could please, be please let me know
0: So it could be uh, footage from the venues, maybe perhaps that the band played at or um, around that area and time, right? That would be helpful. Yes. All right, listeners, viewers, we've got a task for you. There's homework on today's (laughs) assignment, right, right, Professor Soraya?
1: Absolutely. Then it's extra credit if if it makes its way into the documentary. Everything is, no, it's all valuable and That's the great thing is, you know, Jeff and I are such fans of this time and we're a fan of these bands. And it's Mm -hmm. really encouraging to see other projects telling their story, too. You know, it's it's important. One thing is to love the music. Another thing is to tell the story and to tell it from the point of view of a fan or various fans, as you've shown us in your trailer. It's really encouraging that, you know, when people tell us, ah, you need. You need to listen to newer stuff. No, we do, but this is also good too. Yeah, and yeah, that's why we love it so much. Yeah,
2: yeah. and there's also, um, of course, that's what your whole podcast is about—the whole basically underground scene back then. And well, I'm I'm, I'm still considering how to either. Or, and and how to incorporate it into the movie because well it's it's basically just a movie <laughs> in and of itself talking right. about basically the underground but well it's it's such an important part of the of the story also as of, of course the, they were well they saw each other they met each other they influenced each other. I still have to talk to a lot of people too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to, to cover the whole basically underground story.
1: We're so definitely not trying to help out. you get that back to four hours. We want to keep yeah. it manageable.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, this one documentary I have to mention, you might have seen it. For me, it was the biggest inspiration. The music about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers running down a dream. This is a four-hour documentary. Yeah. And I can just watch it over and over again. I, it's I know yeah. it's possible to make a four-hour documentary that yeah. doesn't get boring for one minute. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: well, we we thank you so much, Emil, for coming on. And we're very excited for this documentary. And we wish you the best of luck in getting thank this out Thank you so much. There. And um, hopefully you can wrap wrap this up and get everything that you need and um, get it out. Get it out there for us, and no rush, no
2: push, but um, we're looking forward to it. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks so much. I'm also looking forward to to the final result after after working on it so long. For so long, yes, I would. I would love to present the final film to you, and maybe see you on the premiere somewhere in California. Yeah, we'll definitely
0: be there. That would be great for sure.
2: Yeah, Yeah. by all means.
1: But as fans, we are. Excited. So we're you all
2: love hearing that. And that's that motivates that really motivates me to have it finished as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, by all means. And we wish you the best of luck with it. And we're looking forward to seeing
2: this possibly in film festivals. Great. You will. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me. me. And uh, great to finally meet you in person yes thanks. yes thanks. Well. thank you all right well we wish you the best
0: of luck and we we're looking forward to seeing it and thank you so much for coming on thanks, and Jamie. giving us a little backstory about it very interesting
2: great thanks thanks to you
0: thank all right you. We'll, we'll see you at the premiere I'll see you there yeah.
2: bye <laughs> bye
1: Jeff I'm surprised you didn't ask about the guitars that were behind him
0: I was considering that <laughs> yeah I did I know that He's a musician as well, so I I did want to try to keep this focused on on the film the documentary, but you know me, I could talk about music <laughs> forever. No, I was
1: waiting because I at one point he moved and I saw the guitars. I said, "Oh, Jeff is going to ask what's behind him, or did you already know?"
0: <laughs> and I I didn't know what kind of guitar it was, but I have seen uh, for his profile picture on Facebook that he's playing a guitar. So.
1: Ah, gotcha.
0: Yeah, so I knew he was a musician but I figured that's another discussion.
1: You know, Jeff, one of the things that I found really interesting about Emile's story that connects with the documentary, that really kind of came to the band kind of late-ish. You know, 2010. That's what he said.
0: Right. Yep. And- 2010,
1: he's living in L.A. He saw a baseball project at the Troubadour and then, you know, you kind of have the spark of an idea and an interest. And then a show where uh, Steve Wynn and the Miracle 3 opened for Ryan Adams. Yeah. Beverly. I, I think that's what he said, the Beverly.
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: Um, so it's just, to me, it's just interesting. And then, you know, I have to agree with him. If you want to just focus on Steve Wynn, that's a really long story to tell because of so many different projects and um, things that he's taken on over the years. But then focusing on Dream Syndicate, that in and of itself is a really interesting story. I believe so. Especially because of how the band starts and, you know, um, talking with... Tom Grasic and and with Steve Wynn hearing those those early you know germination of band and then you know later becomes Dream Syndicate um it's a really interesting story to tell with a lot of different players and um focuses and then when you try and tell that and then like there's this gap there's this moment where music just stops and then restarts and then when you think of the past couple of years like i hadn't even put it together in eight or nine to me it seemed like three or four
0: right right
1: you know yeah. and then we've got release 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 that's it, it's it's like um the continuum of the band it's just really intriguing. And I think that's why that trailer was so much fun. Because, uh, And I think, you know, you and I reacted the same way. Are we going to see Carl Procoda in the film? Is <laughs> Andrew Smith in the film? You know, and, you know, I think all fans ask the same questions. And, you know, we understand the answers, I think. But yeah. I cannot wait to see how he tells this story.
0: Yeah absolutely because there's a lot in I've learned in editing a film like this a lot can change just the way you edit it together right. Um, I have a couple friends that are in editing and they've sent me a couple samples of things um, a being editing one way and editing another way that's pretty much the same footage and that editing can make a huge difference so I'm very curious how this gets edited together because the The YouTube trailer looks absolutely fantastic, and like you mentioned, um, I was very intrigued when I saw it, and it looks total pro shot, right? I mean, it's, this is totally professional, Um, not, doesn't look amateur or homemade at all. I mean, this is, like, legit (laughs) filmmaking, right? (laughs) So um, it just looks absolutely fantastic and very intriguing, and like you said, this story, there's a lot to this story, so what angle are we going to see? um I think future interviews will probably determine that, right? I'm, I mean, if Carl comes in, if Carl is watching us on Paisley State Raspberry <laughs> and Ryan and says, "I want to be in this film too,"
1: <laughs> reaches <Well, it> out, <laughs> he can just reach it, reach on out to I emil mean, but
0: absolutely, but I, I mean, that could change, right? The how it plays
1: out you know and i think because you and i are part of a you know we're part of a generation where so much gets recorded easily and for Emil to say i really could use footage from early 80s la and even of some of the places that the the dream syndicate played i think this is where our listeners probably you know if not themselves they know of someone that may have things like that photos uh you know i remember the days of video cameras being like
0: right
1: like the size of your forearm (laughs) right right? um but there we have we have to know people have audio recordings or, or some sort of recorded footage as well as photos of these places and these bands. And, um, hopefully someone listening can uh, share some things with Emil and look, it'll show up in a documentary. Very cool. You know? And I just think this is, it's a great story to tell and to have it preserved um in film i think it's just a really good thing i agree and you and i have talked often about how fortunate we are to have been talking to people whose work we really admire and it's a way of also just preserving that story for time you know I, i'm i'm looking forward to it and. You know, when we saw the footage, when we saw the trailer, you know, we all got like, oh, all giddy. And now, knowing a little bit more about the origin of it, I'm really looking forward to listening to this story. And I'm so glad Emil got the spark to to get it going. I really am.
0: Yeah, I'm ready to go to this premiere. Sorry.
1: Oh yeah, you know, get your gown. <laughs> Cause that, that's yeah. the only way you do. You gotta get all dolled up.
0: I mean, I I might even get clean chonies for this.
1: You know, clean chonies are are deriger for a <laughs> for a documentary premiere. Yeah, that's just really cool. That's very cool. Really yeah, cool. very and excited. Yeah, I'm I'm glad for the band. Absolutely, the yep. told and told from a place of, you know love
0: absolutely and the 40th year anniversary is a perfect time for this to happen so yes the timing is impeccable
1: man there's a lot to look forward to
0: absolutely yeah a
1: lot to look forward to summer 2022
0: yes yes Ah. hopefully we're in a safer place
1: we've got to be right yeah so
0: all right help us out people Everybody do what you can to get us to a a better place.
1: Yeah, because we all want to go to a 40th anniversary show. We do. With a healthy band and a healthy audience and that sings along to everything and grooves along to everything. We we all need it.
0: We do. Our spirit needs it.
1: All right. Mi gente, agroviar.
0: Groove on paisley people.
1: We were
2: all so tired of this nervous, hyper-formulated music that was going on. We just wanted to get lost.
1: The 80s were brutal. It was the age of Madonna.
2: And we knew we would be our own favorite band. I can't believe how good this music is. A
0: lot of noise, <laughs> actually, but it was really, really good. They kind of created their own soundscape and they created their own time and place.
1: Hey, word from is she's on the
2: Dreamstick had paid no dues. It happened so fast.
1: They were just poised to go, you know, straight to the moon.
2: Kendra called me up and said, I need to talk to you. I don't want to be in a band anymore.
1: I think they were a little out of control.
2: The word got around, you know, oh, the Dream Snake spent $250,000 making a Medicine Show.
1: I was surprised later that everyone thought it was like the sellout album. But threw some people,
2: you know, off the train who were on the train with us. There was a guitar hero lurking.
0: Carl wanted to be in a bigger band. In other words, he wanted to be in a band that sold records and played bigger
2: places. What I saw between Steve and Carl was honest to God, creative tension. It drove me and Carl apart, and I regret that.
1: As soon as we heard Paul playing with the band, we all just agreed that he was the guy.
0: It was a really perfect band to. Be able to join.
1: It's Paul's post rock and
0: jazz isms and punk rock sound with Steve's that really made me feel great about that band. I saw Paul Cutler doing all those guitar things with tools and stuff
1: before Eddie Van Halen was doing those things.
0: When I go down to the Medicine
1: Show.
2: Well, in America at that point, we were old news.
1: We'd show up and people were like, oh, we didn't know you were even but.
2: It was super depressing. I think when this is over, I want to stop the band. I
0: didn't enjoy the lifestyle, so I quit, basically. I'll see you the
2: curtain
1: if people want us to do it,
2: sure. How did I myself here? Carl Moore, Paul Refugee. Cooter wanted to do it, so I got the, the job.
0: How did I myself here?
2: Steve steps on stage, and you're
0: flying
1: by the seat of your pants. May I curse? That's fucking fabulous. As good as he ever has done.
0: Ultimately, the Dream Syndicate were always cool.